0: Welcome to the Chartered Trading Standards Institute EU Exit Podcast. I'm Paul Evans. In this podcast, updated in January 2021 following the agreement of a deal between the UK and the EU, we'll be taking a look at how e-commerce will be affected by the UK's exit from the European Union. Brexit has brought with it numerous important issues for trading standards professionals to be aware of if they are to uphold high standards of consumer protection. The 1,276-page trade and cooperation agreement, signed in December 2020, will take some time to analyse and assess, and the precise meaning and impact of various parts of it will only become apparent in time. The UK has left the single market, the customs union and various other EU agreements. There are generally no tariffs or quotas on goods, thus avoiding the extra prices and presumed restrictions on trade that would have resulted. However, the tariff-free rules only apply to goods that meet country-of-origin requirements, and so tariffs may still be payable on the import and export of larger consignments of goods from outside the EU. There are also extra costs from export-import formalities such as paperwork declarations. In many cases, these will increase costs for e-commerce sellers and thereby likely increase prices for buyers. Furthermore, there is no direct role under the agreement for the Court of Justice of the European Union, commonly referred to as the ECJ. David McKenzie, CTSI Lead Officer for e-commerce, is perfectly placed to guide us through Brexit and e-commerce. He kicked things off by explaining the purpose of the lead officer role.
1: My name's David McKenzie, and I'm one of CTSI's lead officers, my topic being e-commerce. Being a, a mode of buying and selling, It's a cross-cutting topic that is relevant across the spectrum of trading standards issues. E-commerce is central to modern international trade. uh, So the way it's regulated is central to the UK's future trading with Europe and beyond. And so clearly it it applies across the board in terms of uh, the Brexit uh, situation. Most trading standards laws apply to e-commerce transactions. For example, toys and electrical goods sold online must meet safety standards. The two specific e-commerce laws are the e-commerce directive and legislation on consumer online buying rights. So the first of these, the e-commerce regulations. And what this does is it underpins online selling, both to consumers, but also between businesses. It requires businesses to provide buyers with a host of important information to ensure that the buyer is making a fair and informed purchase. At the same time, it provides formalities for formation of online contracts, and it creates a system of fair intermediary liability. So it applies right across the board, and it underpins all e-commerce, including business to business e-commerce. The other piece of legislation is that covers distant selling rights for consumers specifically. And the way this can be characterized is, I would characterize it as full transparency is required from the seller and information must be supplied in a durable medium to the buyer. Uh, it can be in, in, you know, on paper, but these days it tends to be in an email or other form of electronic durable format, so it can be looked at at a later date. Further, uh, in most cases, a uh, consumer has cancellation rights, so typically a cooling-off period of 14 days when buying goods. This enables an e buyer to be put in the same position as a person in a shop, and they're able to inspect the goods before making a final decision to keep them. I would suggest that transparency and cancellation rights enable confident consumers to make good buying decisions. And this boosts e-commerce sales and it boosts profits for reputable businesses. Trading standards officers take into account the full suite of trading laws and do not usually look at one area in isolation. The laws are good and complement each other well. They've been written after very detailed consultations and consideration of the realities of the marketplace. They are fair to both consumers and reputable businesses, providing appropriate consumer protection and a level playing field for business. So, for example, when a buyer buys something off a website uh, using e-commerce, the product has to be safe. It also, and that comes from product safety laws, that at the same time, through the general e-commerce laws, they have the right to have a cooling off period and to cancel that product within 14 days. But similarly, it has to be sold in a fair manner. So from fair trading law, we get the requirement to uh, not misdescribe the thing or to to omit any relevant uh, aspects of that product that the consumer needs to know about before buying the product so the different types of legislation complement each other and work together and that has been taken into consideration in in the, the compiling of this legislation over a number of years the problem though is with enforcement trading standards services have been much reduced across the country and struggle to find resources to help businesses comply and many companies have come online in recent years and not benefit from direct assistance from trading standards due to this lack of resources in terms of future developments in e commerce law I think it's important to look at the eu's digital single market strategy, which is a very wide ranging initiative covering a wide range of, of of issues to do to do with the internet generally actually but particularly e commerce is very much a big part of it. And I I think we can already look at some of the details of that. The UK has has already looked to diverge on issues such as geo-blocking, which is jargon for treating consumers unfairly based on where they live, and also on parcel delivery, where the EU seeks to boost uh, cross-border trade through better oversight of delivery companies. As I say, the the UK has already looked to move away from these things by revoking these the UK legislation that was previously in place to cover that. I think perhaps more substantive future developments in this field include tackling what's increasingly called these days the collaborative economy. The EU has already done quite a bit of work on this and is looking to do a lot more in the future under the digital market strategy. And this collaborative economy refers to the, the rise of big selling platforms that essentially enable large number of smaller businesses and indeed individuals to sell effectively. Now Airbnb and and Uber are are often referred to in this context but I think it's meaningful to to think of it much more widely than than that and to include a a range of other so-called disruptive technologies and I would include Amazon, eBay, Sales on facebook and, and, and many others of a similar vein I mean these developments have brought great benefits to to buyers and sellers. but as with any new market developments, they also bring challenges uh, to ensure that unfair, fairness for all prevails. There are some specific problems for for trading standards in, in this area in terms of the proliferation of of new businesses operating on these on these platforms and indeed you know it's point as a private individual. Um, who's doing a little bit of business on these um, platforms? When do they cross the line from being a consumer, making a little bit of money on the side to being something that would be considered a business to be regulated? How do trading standards uh, get in contact with them? Do, you know, do trading standards use the, the, the big platforms themselves to assist in uh, ensuring that everything is done in a fair and a, an appropriate manner? And these things are growing. They're only going to get bigger. And this, it seems to me, needs to be looked at on on an international basis. The EU has had quite a bit of success dealing with some of these really big platforms uh, on an, an EU level. No one knows you know, what the marketplace will look like in five years' time, 10 years' time, other than the fact that it's pretty clear that e-commerce is going to be at the forefront of that. And governments and regulators need to be keeping up with the times and making sure that consumer and trading law is uh, fit for purpose. Recent EU and UK law has has further recognised that digital content is distinct from both goods and services and requires its own regulatory provisions. COVID-19 has seen a steep rise in the use of TV and streaming, audio streaming, video conferencing, computer games through through streaming as well. It seems to me that UK-EU trade relations have to take account of this. enable UK businesses to benefit from selling digital content to the EU. COVID-19 has already had other effects as well, uh, such as accelerating the increase in sales of goods uh, by e-commerce. This brings into focus the importance of this mode of selling even more than before. Another aspect that's been noticed is improvements in internet infrastructure to enable more e-commerce. And this has been seen, according to WTO report, in countries all over the world. And this does raise the possibility of of opportunities for UK businesses to have more customers across the world. And it may be that those types of relationships uh, between UK businesses and buyers in countries beyond the the EU might be easier to uh, enable uh, in a situation where the UK is out of the EU. So this is certainly one of the opportunities that we have to look at and we have to consider. Also applies, of course, to services and goods. But I think particularly to digital content where, you know, if you're selling goods to, you know, Africa or or Australia, that those goods have to be transported. and There's a significant cost there, you know, and that has to be taken into account. You're selling digital content to somebody next door or to somebody on the other side of the world. It's essentially the same thing. And that's, so there are definite possibilities, it seems to me, there in terms of the sales of digital content, which is something the UK does, does does very well, by the way. At the same time, although this could apply worldwide, I think it has to be realistic that we have to say that the most likely markets for digital content goods and services are in the culturally and geographically proximate countries of the EU. So, again, important to have that positive business relationship with the EU that enables our businesses to, to sell to the EU. We're now dealing with Brexit in the, in the shadow of a much bigger challenge in terms of COVID and the effect of that uh, is likely to have on our economy and our society. And it brings into focus elements, which I think is really important that trade and standards practitioners uh, keep in mind in, in all that they do. And one is the need for recovery you know, we're kind of coming through the emergency phase of dealing with COVID now. And economic recovery is absolutely vital to localities and to, and to regions and to the country as a whole. And trade standards has got to play a part in that. And one of the ways we can play our part in that is uh, to always be proportionate and reasonable in the way that we deal with businesses. Recognise that they're facing extremely difficult times Ahead, and you know, they, they and they need some help and some encouragement in order to continue to exist in the first place. But then also to prosper and to and, and to and, and to get back, you know, to what we always say, which is the best profits are always made through treating customers well, treating customers fairly, and giving them a, a, a good deal. At the same time, we mustn't forget we're all about consumer protection, and we, you know, we don't let businesses treat consumers unfairly, I'm not suggesting that for a minute, but we have to recognize that there has to be a delicate balance between the needs of businesses and consumers going forward. it in the interest of all of us that our, our businesses recover, that new businesses come on, online, on stream, providing new services. We've already seen a lot of innovation throughout COVID. It's amazing how people uh, innovate and, and adapt to situations. And that's what we need. We need more of that going forward. And us, we in training Standards, we've got to foster that as much as we possibly can uh, in, the month, in the months and years ahead. Again, I'm confident we can do that. I think training Standards uh, practitioners are, you know, pragmatic, sensible and adaptive people. And we must continue to be... And we have to look at in terms in terms of uh, my field of e-commerce. Clearly, e-commerce is getting bigger and bigger all the time and must play an absolutely central role in the future, in the recovery and future economy. At the same time, it's important that there are rules there that, that ensure that people are dealt with fairly and that some businesses don't have an unfair advantage over other businesses. The collaborative economy, uh, you know, in terms of big platforms where, Small businesses become big, bigger businesses, private members of the public find an opportunity to trade and, and create a business. It might be on Amazon, it might be on Facebook, it might be on eBay, it might be on Airbnb or any of the other big platforms that exist out there. The, you know, that's the future and we must assist that and enable that and make sure that fair trading you know, it occurs in the future.
0: Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks to David McKenzie for speaking to us, and thank you for listening. This episode forms part of a series of podcasts and other materials designed to help trading standards professionals make sense of EU Exit, and complements the modules in the CTSI EU Exit training portal. Be sure to check out the rest of the podcasts, each of which is themed around a different area of trading standards. More resources are available from CTSI at www.tradingstandards.uk forward slash Don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. Until next time, goodbye.